And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. With the success of both Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk's European Adventures in recent years, the SSE Artistry Premier Division media coverage and TV coverage between RTE and Air Sport has never been in a healthier state. However, the same cannot be said about the league's first division, often described as the graveyard of Irish football media coverage is almost zero. So, joining us this morning to discuss this and all things League of Ireland is Kieran Bourke from the League of Ireland podcast Between the Stripes. Kieran, welcome to the big kickoff. Roy, thanks for having me. No problem at all. Listen, the reason we got in contact with you, Kieran, was because it's a basically a great article that I read that you put together for the League of Ireland blogspot.com site, which was on the League of Ireland Facebook page which outlined a lack of I suppose love, care and attention towards the first division so what drove you to write that article? Uh, look first and foremost I'm a, a, a fan of a first division club myself in Longford Town so I'm out watching first division football every week and <laughs> from 2007 until 2014 Longford spent seven long years in the first division a couple of years back in the Premier but back down in the first division now so it's where I watch most of my football and I have to say you mentioned the tag there of the graveyard division and that's most certainly what it is in terms of lack of media coverage and very low attendances but this season the FEI have really let the ball slip this season it's the most competitive first division yeah. in the history of League of Ireland there's eight teams out of the ten that could still get promotion if not win it I don't think you can say that about any other league in the world really no. so for the lack of media coverage to still be continuing this year it's very very disappointing and we're seeing the crowds at some clubs there's a small resurgence I know my own club Longford there's a 40% increase in attendances this season Brilliant. Shelburne there's great things going off the pitch there but overall attendances are still relatively very poor in the first division Yeah, one comment on the Facebook page that I thought summed up how deserted I suppose the first division is was from a, a, a fellow called Declan Murphy which read even when Cork were getting 2,000 people at the gates in this division still not mentioned that sums it up doesn't it? Yeah, that's that, look. You're looking at the likes of Cork and Dog, Shamrock Rovers, the biggest clubs in this country, mm. and a lot of the clubs have had to spend the time in the first division, and even then, they didn't really receive the media coverage that they deserve. So I think I think that sums it up perfectly. Yeah, with with the league reverting back to two sets of ten divisions, how does how how has that transition gone? And I suppose does it help or hinder the divisions? I know from a Premier Division perspective, uh, there's a lot of criticism, um, but that's mostly down to the way the fixtures have been put together. The FEI decided to front load the fixtures in order to avoid postponements later in the year due to uh, the European teams. Every year we're, we're seeing games postponed when our Irish teams are progressing in Europe, so that's been a controversial decision. I think we're having way too many mid- midweek games in the Premier Division. That's affecting attendances. There's a lot of player burnout happening. You're talking players playing three games a week consistently over a course of months. Uh, we're seeing a lot of injuries picked up as a result of that. Uh, but in terms of the first division, it's been a breath of fresh air. As I said, ultra competitive. There's eight out of the ten teams that have a shot at promotion. Uh, they're not playing midweek games, so they have a full week between games to recover. The standard in all honesty, is relatively quite poor, but the entertainment value has been absolutely superb. Just on Friday, I was at Longford Town against Galway, a 3-2 thriller, red card, it had it all. <laughs> um, the only thing in both divisions we're really lacking at the minute is some quality match officials because that's been a huge issue and I think it's something you're going to see a lot of fans raising online in the coming weeks. Yeah, Why do you think that the division has been neglected so much? Um, that's, that's a hard one to answer really because your first division clubs are your most uh, vulnerable, if you think about it. They're the clubs that are down in that division. A lot of them have suffered financial difficulties, as have most League of Ireland clubs, in all honesty. So you would like to see them a little bit better looked after. But when there's no media coverage, 
as I said, the attendances aren't going to improve, and that's financially worrying for the club. So I can't answer why it's been neglected, but it most certainly has been. And is it a case of, uh, I don't know what percentage-wise or whatever, but is it a case of some of them is just basic survival in the oh, first division, 100%. just financial support, just to stay alive? It's not where they finish is irrelevant almost. Yeah, 100%. I think there's certain cases of that in the first division at the moment, and the one criticism you would have of the first division is the fact that there's no relegation. Mm. Unfortunately, I think when the clubs voted many years ago to scrap the A Championship, if any of your listeners are familiar with that concept, I think that was one of the most short-sighted decisions the clubs ever made. Mm. Um, I know a lot of the bigger clubs felt uh, they wanted to get rid of it as it, it was just very cost-heavy at the time, but there's absolutely no way for for clubs that have an interest in joining the League of Ireland, and let's be honest, there's very few clubs that have an interest. I know we always hear this argument of maybe clubs in Dublin, junior clubs, that they'd be well able to make the step up to League of Ireland football, and I'm sure they probably would be, but financially, there's just no incentive there for them. The cost of entering the League of Ireland football is absolutely astronomical. (laughs) The prize money is very poor, so there's very little reason to join the League of Ireland, in honesty, and... Also, I think that league, Dublin League of Ireland clubs are well, people, anyone in Dublin would be put off because they don't actually want any more Dublin clubs in. They want, they, they do want more, I suppose, uh, country teams in more just to, out, to yeah. make that spread a, a little bit more even. But again, as you said, that, yeah, the, the the cost is astronomical, and that's before you even get the players and stuff like that. I suppose. Uh, do the FAI have? Uh, should they be? doing something because they actually ha- they, they don't seem to do a lot for let alone the Premier Division so First Division have they something to answer for? Um, look the FAI ha- certainly have a lot to answer for but I think clubs are far too fast to put the blame on the FAI mm. um, I think the FAI deserve credit for this the, the league restructure I, I think it's, it's made for a hugely entertaining League of Ireland season in both divisions this season uh, and while it was probably a short-sighted decision. I'm, I think it, it's something we've seen before and it didn't really have a great effect at the time, so whether it's going to have long-term benefits, we'll have to wait and see on that. But I think clubs need to do a lot more themselves in terms of promotion, in terms of their online presence. Um, I know a lot of clubs in the first division have stepped up their game massively. My own club, Longford, a huge improvement off the field this year in terms of what they put out online, match highlights, video highlights, etc. Uh, Wexford, another club, putting out um, video highlights on a regular basis. Um, I think that's probably the biggest issue. If you're to watch Soccer Republic on a Monday night, you're not going to see any first division clubs on it. No, no. Uh, so we we just took the clubs, we, I think, really to put together their own packages and mm. then for the FEI to promote that and maybe put together some type of online show would make sense to me. And, yeah. and in a totally separate issue, Roy, I can't understand why the, the clubs aren't given the freedom. Uh, and I know it comes under the licensing rule, and this is exactly why they don't have the freedom to do this, but why the clubs can't put together their own match day services in terms of streaming and in terms of match commentary yeah. and charge, charge a fee for that and be able to make some revenue off it. Instead, the FEI seem to have gone down the path of taking a sponsorship deal of online betting companies for very poor quality streaming services. Yeah. And for me, the clubs would be far better served to be able to put together their own packages yeah, exactly. So you're saying your team, uh, Longford Town, who are, who are close to your own heart, just go into a little bit of detail if you can and tell us what the club have implemented to sort of make a connection with the younger generation and the local community. Yeah, for, for many years Longford Town have been hugely criticised and by myself as well, even though I'm a lifelong supporter of the club, in terms of their online presence, um, they just seem to be really lacking behind it. You're seeing teams like Cabotelli coming into the first division and 
what they were putting together off the field was absolutely fantastic and Longford seem to have now followed up on that they've got a young media team together uh, I'm a member of that but it's been headed up by James Donnelly who's doing superb work at the club and there's match day highlights uh, put up quite soon after games you have video highlights or video interviews excuse me with players management there's SoundCloud they're on every media platform at the moment there's the match program is massively improved everything just in terms of a professional long town or a semi-professional club but they're making themselves look professional I think that's something very important in League of Ireland we always hear this thing we're a volunteer club it's thrown out as an excuse by some clubs to put together you know a halfway effort a lot of the time but if a club can't make themselves at least look professional then there's very little chance we'll ever have of this been a professional league so uh, what you're saying is exactly what you said about that you can't put all the blame on the FAI the clubs need to stand up for themselves and start taking action themselves yeah 100% yeah um, listen what I suppose just to finish off on that if I'm looking at the League of Ireland and I see Premier Division each week can you explain to the people what makes the First Division worth covering yeah look I'm not blind I'm not going to make out here that the standard is anywhere near similar between the First Division and the Premier Division I've heard that mentioned by some pundits in recent weeks they were saying that because the First Division has been so competitive this season that there's easily five or six teams that could just step up into the the, the Premier and be competitive that's not the case there's a huge gap between Premier and First Division football but what I can guarantee you with the First Division this season particularly is entertainment you're seeing teams scoring goals the defending isn't great at times but it's making for entertaining games atmospheres are improving despite low attendances it's a great league to well watch and that would be the selling point for me if I was the FEI that look you're not going to maybe see total football in all honesty but you're going to see loads of goals loads of entertainment at a very low cost yeah listen uh, I, I, we, we talked about this before we, and this is why we wanted to discuss it now is because you, you do never see it said Soccer Republic will have a clip maybe thrown in there of, of one of the games maybe maybe because there's a shortage of entertainment in the, in the Premier Division and, and, and they throw this in but uh, it definitely needs to, it can't be left the way it is because it, as I said the graveyard of Irish football it, it is a struggle just to keep teams alive and that's in the Premier Division as well so there needs to be everything thrown at it but I think there needs to be a bit of a, a uh, cooperation coordination mm. uh, uh, and a bit of work done together to try and liven it up a bit because in fairness the Premier Division over the last I don't know eight nine years it has lifted it has raised and people are more aware of the Premier Division so it, there's no reason why it can't be done to the first division as what was done with the with the Premier Division. Yeah, I think a lot of that though probably has to do with the success of Dundalk and Cork City in particular and mm-hmm. obviously this week with Graham Burke and Shane Supplebin in the Ireland squad and particularly Burke after scoring last night. It's the great boost for the League of Ireland. Is that no is that no better reason to to this time maybe to pounce? Yeah, but look we have a an international squad that's gone to tournaments recently and they've been full of ex League of Ireland players yeah. and bar one photo I can recall, um it may have been either your 2012 or 2016, I can't recall correctly, but the FBI put together a photo shoot with the players on that team, in that Ireland team, wearing their former right, League of Ireland yeah. kits, and I thought that was a great publicity yeah. move, but that needed to be spread further. That should have been on billboards all over the country. It should have been on television adverts. Uh, the League of Ireland is a great stepping stone for players looking to further their career, either let it be moving to England or getting international call-ups, and that needs to be the selling point uh, for the FEI that you can go out to your local ground and you can see the next Wes Hoolahan, the next James McLean, the next Shane uh, Long, 
whoever it may be. So that needs to be the, the way the FBI look at this league going forward. All right. And listen, on Friday night, news came through that Limerick FC's players and coach and staff were called into a meeting ahead of their match against Bowes, where the club officials were informed that money, or club officials informed that there was no uh, money for their wages for May. What can you tell us about this? Yeah, well, we're talking about trying to promote the, the league in a positive <laughs> term, but every time the FAI or the clubs themselves do seem to try and do that, we seem to drag ourselves back down and shoot ourselves in the foot because this is another situation at, at Limerick that just simply isn't good enough. It's farcical in all honesty. How a club can pass licensing and then declare yeah. themselves that the well is dry a few months into the season, it, it really does just put the licensing into, into question. I know we had former League of Ireland manager Alan Matthews on our podcast during the weekend. Ironically, he raised the issue of licensing and he pretty much laughed it off, laughed it off as a bit of a joke, really. Uh, and what's happened at Limerick now has proven that that club can, a couple of months into the season and we have to remember Limerick only signed two very high profile yeah. midfielders uh, only a couple of weeks ago in Connor Clifford and uh, Barry Maguire yeah. so for this club to then say we don't have the money to pay these players makes the league look timpot in all honesty and you know, it's surprising that it's actually Limerick and not another Premier Division club we're speaking about because I think a lot of people were, were expecting maybe a club in Wicklow, shall I say, to have been the first one to <laughs> declare issues this season. And that, and that's it. I mean, you've had Limerick, you've had Bray last year. Obviously, you had Cork City in, in years gone by. Or Longford were in the same sort of financial difficulties. So, as you said, the licensing law seems, seems to be there in place just to be seen to be there rather than any sort of implementation. It's definitely just to take uh, box taking yeah. uh, take exercise because, as I said, we're seeing this season after season. I go back to Athlone. I remember their club has just gone backwards year after year. But a couple of seasons ago, it was no more than three or four weeks into their first division campaign that mm. they put out a statement saying that they couldn't see themselves continuing in the League of Ireland if they didn't get more support locally. How are these clubs passing licensing? Uh, you'll have to ask the FEI that one. Yeah. Listen, Kieran, I'm, I'm just going to go for a break and uh, we'll have a little chat to you when we come back. So, okay? Perfect, right? Cheers. You're listening to Liffey Sound on 96.4 FM. And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. So, on a lighter note, actually, about the graveyard that it is, who's actually in this bloody league? <laughs> 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 I think you've been ironic in that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's certainly some very historic clubs in it. So, watch your first division clubs, folks, because it, it's been a great season so far. That's how bad the coverage is. I don't even know who's in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so listen, we'll, we'll give the, the first division the stage it, it, uh, it deserves. Uh, when you see only nine points separating the top six teams, uh, tell us the story so far, I suppose, uh, Kieran. Well, if you go back to pre-season, the bookmakers made Galway. United has the, yeah. the red-hot favourites to go and, and reclaim their Premier Division spot after it had been relegated last season under Shane Keegan. A man who many feel was probably lucky to keep his job, uh, considering the talent he had in that Galway United season, uh, team last season. You're thinking of the likes of, of, of Murray, um, the Hale, players all across the park that were full of quality and have gone on to play elsewhere in the Premier Division this season. Uh, for that side to be relegated, it was bit of a failure really and of course he's a manager that was relegated at Wexford as well so back-to-back relegations can be quite damaging to a CV and his Galway side haven't really started the season at all as people expected they made some high-profile signings Ryan Connolly returning to the club from Shamrock Rovers has been the main one but in all honesty he's failed to deliver and, and doesn't look the same player that was at Galway in previous years um, from a Longford Town perspective Neil Fenn second uh, season in the job this is his first full season uh, very very exciting brand of football 
Um, but again, players he's brought in probably haven't delivered. They had a big win over Galway at the weekend to, to put them within touching distance of those playoff positions. Yeah. You're looking at Finn Harps there, another one touted has been you know, a team that will be right up there. They signed some really attacking players, um, the likes of the two O'Connor brothers, people will remember them from, from their times at Dundalk. Yeah, um, they've really failed to fit into the system there under Ollie Horgan. He's a very direct manager, very defensive. And it's a big game now on Monday between Longford and, and Harps when, when they play up in Donegal and the winner of that will find themselves in, in the playoff positions. Uh, Shelburne, I suppose, have probably been maybe a slight surprise package. They're performing very well, find themselves in the top four. David O'Sullivan, um, everyone will know him, prolific goal scorer in the first division. He's come in there uh, in pre-season and he is the top scorer at the moment in the first division. Uh, but it's been UCD that's just caught the eye of everyone. Collie O'Neill's side, the, the, the brand of football they play really, really is quite impressive. Um, as well as that, they're a very physical side. They really look after themselves quite well uh, in terms of conditioning, and, and they find themselves at top. But the one to watch at the moment, apart from UC, would be Drogheda. Mm. Tim Clancy, rookie manager, retired as a player last season. He's come in, got the job there, and his team has been scoring goals for fun. Um, almost 40 goals this season already, and they're right on the heels of UC at the moment. And would UCDB, I presume obviously UCDB be quite a young side as well, kind of coming through the college system? If you look across the entire League of Ireland, it's young side at the moment. I think the average age is in around 23, 24 at the moment mm. uh, in both the Premier and the First Division. So uh, that's a really positive thing for yeah. Irish football. But uh, yeah, you see a young side again this season and the brand of football they play is it's the right way to play uh, and that's important because we've seen UCD produce so many players mm. for other League of Ireland clubs down the years. We're thinking of the likes of Greg Bulger, Ronan Finn, McMillan's etc so I think you're certainly going to see a few more uh, household names coming out with this UCD time, uh, team in the coming years and without being disrespectful to anyone else in it, obviously the big name in this division I suppose it has to be said is Shelburne Where, how is their situation at the moment I know there's the move to Daly Mount or whatever it's going to be called if, it ever, if they ever move there but is there new backers coming in or what's going to be behind them at the moment because they've been, they've been down for a long time in, um, former Shamrock Rovers board member or director there has come in as the main backer and okay. put in, it's believed to be the tune of €500,000 into the club. The club is debt-free since last year, which is mm. a huge step forward considering where Shelburne were over the last decade or so. Everyone, as you said, knows them as a huge name within Irish football, mm. that European run they had back in the mid-90s. Uh, but since then, it's been dark, dark times yeah. um, at Tolka Park, as you mentioned. They moved to Daly Mount Park. That's caused a huge split within their fan base. Uh, up until this season, there was uh, the most loyal supporters were were boycotting games. Talca Park was a morgue, in all honesty, in terms of atmosphere, in terms of attendance that they plummeted. But um, new investments come in there. There's new blood being uh, put in around the club off the field. Uh, Dave O'Connor, a former Shamrock Rovers player, he's gone in. He's the youngest, one of the youngest CEOs around. <laughs> uh, I think he's uh, age 24. I'm right in saying so. There's, there's great stuff going on off the pitch there and on the field Owen Heary's team are, are really performing above what was expected this season and that's mostly been down to the signing of David O'Sullivan Will the move down to Dalymount still happen or will that cool off maybe potentially? The move is still going ahead yeah. uh, we'll have to see how long it takes for this redevelopment to mm. actually happen yeah. um, I think it's, it's probably moving at a slower process than many mm. people would like but uh, make no mistake Bohemians and, and Shelburne will be ground sharing in the future yeah. years yeah. Okay. Now Let's not look at the top because at Lone Town, <laughs> although their season is, well, I, 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 there's a few words that pop into my head which probably wouldn't even do it justice, but it's not necessarily just the problems on field. Off the field, they've had a nightmare year. 
what, what way is it? Has it ironed itself out? Are they getting anywhere or is it, are they still just off the field in turmoil? On the field, they're actually getting somewhere, believe it or not. Just <laughs> last weekend, they picked up their second point of the season, and <laughs> ironically, it came in the Midlands Derby against Longford. Yeah. Um, they play Finn Harps this weekend, and that's the only other side they've picked up a point against this season. Um, so on the field, since Aaron Callaghan left the club, and I know from speaking to players within the Atlone dressing room, he, he wasn't a popular figure. Um, it's probably no surprise to have seen um, improvements in performances under Terry Butler. But off the field, you said it's been a bad year for Athlone. It's been a last, the last number of years has been an absolute disaster at that club. Uh, if anyone isn't familiar with what went on there last year, there was so much optimism in pre-season when these... Mm unknown foreign investors come in and, and the FBI dropped a huge ball there in, in not checking these guys out properly um, it resulted in a lot of foreign players coming into the clubs uh, two of those players ended up getting 12 month bans respectively for match fixing Yeah, there was a lot of suspicion going on about the people behind the club they've mm. left since the start of this year um, the current ownership there hugely unpopular within Athlone itself Um supporters boycotts have been going on there for the last couple of seasons they've continued uh, I know from speaking to people that were at that Midlands Derby just two weeks ago they put the home attendance as low as maybe 20 to 30 people with 120 travelling over from Longford mm. how a club can survive on those sort of numbers yeah, yeah. I have no idea it, you know, it's, it's disappointing because if I'm looking at any of these teams and I'm looking at the, the Dublin teams and I'm thinking right obviously they have the population and they have people but with the likes of Athlone Town, Longford Town, uh, I suppose even Cove to, to a certain extent, Drogheda, these are all, th- they should have a unity within the town that they're in. You, you see it with the GAA where there's a bond, there's a togetherness. There really should be that kind of uh, cohesiveness in, in a town. But obviously the club aren't working hard enough to make it a, a sort of a, a, a town sort of club. I'm delighted you've brought this up, Roy, because it's, that's a subject I've wrote numerous pieces on down the years, and I think it's one of the most understated points in terms of running a League of Ireland club. If you don't have a link between your local community mm. and your football club, you have absolutely zero chance of survival. That's how heavily I would pin your links within the local community. Um, I know from a Longford perspective, again, uh, and apologies if I keep... No, no, that's Longford, fine, because if you're, if, if you're an expert on Longford Town, you know, mastermind is <laughs> ready for you. I wouldn't call myself an expert, <laughs> but I've certainly seen enough of them to, to form an opinion on them. And I know, again, as I said, with their online presence, they were heavily criticised for many years, but even more criticism came in terms of their work in the local community. If, if a Longford Town player or management team member walked down the street in Longford for many years... No one would know. No one would bat an eyelid, no one would know who it was. Well, this year, as I said, Neil Fenn's come in, young manager, and he's really getting out there into the community, and he wants the people of the town and the county to get behind the club, and he's going around to local schools, local businesses, Perfect. and it's, it's great to see, um, and from an Atlone town perspective, as I said, the current ownership, um, they don't have really a remit to run that football club as far as I'm concerned, because the people of Atlone have totally turned their back on that football club. Yeah. And I know there is a consortium, local-based businessmen looking to take over that club, and they've made exactly the same comments. And for me now, it's for the FBI to go in and take a stranglehold of the situation there before we lose yet another league. No, so, yeah, yeah. so this is more an educational question for me. The likes of the newbies that have come in over the last years, Wexford and Cabinteely, is this their kind of level, or are they very much, they see the way it goes, so it's nice and slow, and will slowly build up, but there is aspirations to obviously break into the Premier, potentially, or... Is this their level? 
well you can call um, Wexford a newbie but yeah. in all honesty they were around before and they've just changed the name and gone under a different banner um, they're certainly at a level that they deserve to be at and it'd be, I think it'd be fair to say that they'll be a team that a lot of people wouldn't be surprised if they're to be the next one to put their hand up because again I've been at games there recently and they're getting less than 100 people in the gate and there seems to be yeah. for whatever reason there, there seems to be a real apathy as well between the club itself and the community there I know they're based a long way outside of the town too mm. which doesn't help but there just seems to be a real no real good feel factor about that club at the moment so that, that's quite worrying in terms of Kevin Healy having had people on the show that, that are involved in the running in that club and speaking to them they see Cabin Healy has been one of the biggest clubs in Ireland. I think their goal is to be in the Premier Division by 2020. Brilliant. And from there to grow the club. And they want to be a brand in the same way that I suppose Shamrock Rovers are in this country. Yeah, they just need to be careful, don't they, Kevin Teddy, that they don't go down the route of paying out too much money on players. Yeah, and all in this yeah, one, yeah, and, and uh, I was going to say something that I probably shouldn't say. Uh, <laughs> but uh, don't, don't, don't spend all their money on just big names. Uh, make sure you make that steady progress up the ladder and eventually you'll get that chance to, to progress up the leagues. I, you've seen so many, like, as Dave said, Sport and Fingo, who've just made a, a disastrous yeah, decision. Well, I, Honestly, without wanting to sound disrespectful to Cabin Healy, I don't think they have too many big name players. Kieran Marty Waters would be mm. the only one I'd look at at the moment, and I think he's probably there out of convenience more than anything. But you have to remember, he was with UCD previously as well. Yeah, he's yeah. a player that's far better than that standard. Uh, let it be UCD or Cabin Healy, he's probably a Premier Division footballer, in all honesty. So, yeah, um, but no, I think Cabin Healy have gone about things the right way, they're doing great stuff off the field to try and build their presence. Um, that's not uh, turning into attendances, though. The attendances are still relatively poor, but I suppose if results were to follow, maybe we might see an improvement maybe in that. I suppose the fact they don't play in Cabin Healy as such, it's probably harder to establish a link between the community and the club. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, from talking to people who are in the club, I, I like what they have to say, and uh, yeah. I wouldn't write Cabin Healy off. No, I, I'm, I'm living in Dublin a long time. I didn't know where Cabin Healy was, so that's <laughs> <laughs> doesn't say much. No, I do now. Why not? I didn't. Listen. <laughs> I was only at Longford last week. Okay, listen, uh, that's the first division. Don't get people get yourselves educated and, and get yourselves out there to, to, to these games as much as you possibly can. Uh, just on the first division, is there any young players that we should keep an eye on? Don't call me biased, but I'm going to pick out a Longford Town player. Shock. Here. <laughs> Trust me, folks, go out and watch this kid because he's not going to be in this league for long. Uh, I know he's been on the fringes of the Irish underage setup already, mm. and for me, He's this good. He's a future international player if he keeps it up. A. Durvin, uh midfielder. By looking at him, <laughs> you'd be thinking, is he a footballer? He's absolutely tiny. Nah. This man is a midfield machine. He has oh, he's going to be the next West Hill now, isn't he? And we're all going to be clamouring for him and people will be saying, <laughs> he's he too small. He's a little deeper than Wes. <laughs> he, he at the moment, he's actually playing in the defensive midfield role, but he's yeah. the one that's pushing forward, looking to link the play. Got his first ever League of Ireland goal at the weekend, an absolute screamer against Galway. Check yeah. it out on the Longford Town social media pages, folks. Uh, right. But uh, trust me, this player is good. Uh, in terms of other young talent in the first division, um, as I said, it's a young division, so, so anyone that's yeah. performing in it is a, is a future star if they can keep up their current form. Okay, listen, we'll, we'll, give, we'll give a good five minutes to the Premier Division, all right? <laughs> listen, uh, <laughs> so tell me, who's in that league? <laughs> <laughs> listen, the, the Cork City and Dundalk, the, I suppose it would have been predicted at the start of the season that these two would have been fighting out for the league title. How do you see it sort of shaping up? 
Yeah, I think unfortunately it has probably turned into a, t- a two-horse race in recent weeks. Uh, Wex, uh, sorry, excuse me, Warford. I'm already going back to the first division, but uh, Warford have been absolutely superb since coming up from the first division last season. Huge investment, obviously, has gone into that club since Lee Power came in. He's the Swindon Town owner as well, mm, and anyone yeah. isn't familiar with the name. Um, they've been able to bring in some players that are clearly too good for this league. They're going to lose their goalkeeper Vigru now. His loan spell is over, and it remains to be seen whether they can keep their star man Courtney Dufus, who's on loan from Oldham. But uh, they've really put it, put it up to the top two, and they've beaten Dundalk and Cork mm. this season. But unfortunately, consistency in recent weeks has let them down, and the two sides at the top have just pulled away slightly. And it looks like we're we're in for a ding dong battle this season again between Dundalk and Cork, who are just picking up wins after wins after wins. Yeah, and hopefully that, that they can do something again in Europe this year just to keep that momentum in, uh, of interest in the, in the League of Ireland. Shamrock Rovers. Like, Shamrock Rovers have been making a lot of noise over the last couple of years with their development project, etc., etc. How do you sum them up? Um, just before we go any further, you're talking about Europe there, I would have to say I'm majorly worried for Cork in terms of Europe. They're obviously in the Champions League this season. Mm. And while it's easier to progress in Europe this season, because if a team even loses in the early stages of the Champions League, they can still fall into the Europa League and go on a good run. Mm. But the style of football Cork City play this season and have played really throughout John Coffey's tenure, it's not productive to retain in the football, and that's not going to get you anywhere in Europe. So I think keep an eye on that in terms of the Mm. dock. We all know how Stephen Kenny plays, and I think we're going to see a really fantastic run from Dundalk, I'm hopeful, this season. But uh, on Shamrock Rovers, you have to wonder how Stephen Bradley's still in the job. Shamrock Rovers have lost more games than they've won this season. They're sixth in a 10-team league. Shamrock Rovers, everyone talks about Dundalk and Cork's been the biggest clubs in the country. I'm sorry, Shamrock Rovers are still by far and away the biggest club in Ireland. They're the only one that has a real brand presence. Mm-hmm. You go out to Tala there and you just see the whole setup out there. It's absolutely fantastic. It's probably miles ahead of anything in this league. But when you look at the players they have, when you look at the history of that club, it's not good enough. Um, I, I really don't know how he's done the job. You talked there about the club taking a step towards maybe youth development more. And I think that's probably where they've gone wrong. Obviously, it's important to look at your youth structures. They have people like Damien Dusty, McFall involved there behind the scenes. And that's great for the young players. But the young players are coming into a, a failing first team. They're not yeah. going to progress. Obviously, Graham Burke's been the exception to that, but teams been dragging this team all season long, and you'd really wonder, would they be even further down the table without him? Yeah, no, I've, I've gone to see Shamrock Rovers a, a couple of times because uh, our local club, Luke and United, are linked with them, so I've gone across a few times to watch them against, uh, actually, seeing them against Dundalk. They are, they, they're playing a little bit with fear, because you can see that they need the results, but they 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 also they're playing football sometimes. I think with Graham Bork, Graham Bork's an excellent player, and sometimes they haven't played him in the position. Probably he's a centre forward, and that's probably it. Because they played him out on the right, and they're trying to compensate for him not always tracking back, and yeah. it, it's a bit disjointed the team. I don't think it's 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 they have a what's his name Carr up front who hasn't started in games. I think Shaw's started up in, in, in games ahead of him, but. Carr up front is, is for me is a better striker he runs into channels he chases things down he makes things uh, work and tick so he's only come in kind of you know halfway through the, the 21 games so far and affected some of their results I, but I think it's the lack of people running off Carr that's been yeah. the big issue I know I was very critical of one of the Soccer Republic uh, pundits earlier this season when, when they said they don't think Carr would really improve that Shamrock Rovers side mm. 
I think he's he's been one of the better players in a very poor season. Yeah. As I said, I just don't think he's getting the service or the running options from midfield. I'm looking at the two most experienced players in that side, Ronan Finn and Greg Bulger. And our, on our show, we have been highly critical of them all season. I'm sure mm. everyone knows the, the spat between Declan Fabio O'Brien and Greg Bulger earlier this season when Fabio said that Bulger should hand back his wages that his performance has been so poor this season. <laughs> Look, people said that was disrespectful. For me, Fabio was 110% correct. Greg Bulger, he's won so many things in this league. He's played for huge clubs. He was with Cork last season during their double winning season. He's been absolutely woeful. Ronan Finn is the captain of that club. Again, he's another one that's played in huge European games for Dundalk. He's made more mistakes than he's done anything yeah, positive this season. Yeah. Those two Robert. players seem to be in the starting 11 every single week. Um, again, that shows a lack of character in terms of the manager and been able to make big term decisions. You're speaking about the team playing with fear. A lot of that comes from the goalkeeping crisis there, Shamrock Rovers. You've Tomar Chinchinski, who ha- who's not a goalkeeper, simple as that. But the, the errors he makes makes Carius look like. <laughs> so he's still got a job, Carius, has he? Potentially. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, uh, as I said, and then you have Horgan, uh, who's actually. His performance is massively unfortunate. He's picked up an injury at the moment. Chinchinski with another error at the weekend against Dundalk. That, that fear spreads throughout the entire team. Uh, in terms of the Dublin derbies, they can't seem to win one against Bowes, and that's because they're playing with fear in those games. And as we've said, Rovers, biggest club in the country, shouldn't be going into any game fear and anything. But until there's a change in management there, I don't think we're going to see much of an upturn. No. Listen, Graham Bork talking about Ro- Rovers uh, scored his first goal last night for the Republic of Ireland. Uh, as It's well documented, the first goal since 1974 from a League of Ireland player, Ray Tracy being the last. But I suppose it's the latest League of Ireland interest in the Irish setup because of a rise in talent in our National League or is it because of the lack of quality that's making it across the war or, you know, considering, you know, the national team's demise? There's a huge wealth of quality within the league at the moment. I look at the Premier Division goal scoring charts and Hoban is one that everyone is calling out for a call up. Um, he's probably not, not the most technically gifted player, but when you think of Martin O'Neill's setup, he'd certainly fit into that. A real uh, target man, a hold up man. Ireland struggling for goals. He has 15 goals in the Premier Division this season. Mm. Uh, I can't understand why he hasn't got a look in there. Um, Kieran Sadler, probably the one everyone talks about a lot, but he's been in and out of the core team this season, so he's mm. going to have to improve his performances massively in the Premier Division if he wants to get uh, looking at that setup. Uh, Aaron McInef, 10 goals from midfield for Derry City. That's that's absolutely fantastic, mm. and he looks one that won't be around too much longer either. Michael Duffy of course um, yeah. he's he declared that he wants to play for Ireland uh, as opposed to playing for Northern Ireland he's been the star performer even above Graham Bar- Bark I would say this season yeah. in the Premier Division so there's loads of players there but um, I'm going to be a bit cynical here but is it, do you think Graham Bork was brought in and played just to tick off a box for Martin O'Neill because before people and us uh, here we're, we're, we're guilty of it too but rightly so I think that we were calling out that only players from the League of Ireland are only good enough to play for the, the Irish team if they make the move. The next week they make the move to England, then they, they oh, get looked at. Is this the Graham Bork thing, maybe, do you think, albeit Graham Bork is an excellent player, I like Graham Bork as a player, but do you think it's kind of, listen, I've ticked that box off, now you can keep it quiet, I'm going to play the way I want to play, anyhow. That whole thing of a player needing to move to England, that's one of the things that's fundamentally wrong with Irish football. Yeah. I mean, we've seen in the past players make the move from a League of Ireland club over to maybe an English Championship club and they haven't been playing, they've been playing reserve team football and immediately they've been called up into the Ireland setup. Uh, that's where the whole magic playing reference has come from in, in recent years. Yeah. Um, in terms of Graham Burke, uh, 
he deserves to be in that Ireland squad. There was nothing tokenism about his call up. Uh, I would have been critical of Shane Supple's call up. In all honesty, I think he's been well below par this season for Bowes as opposed to last season. For me, he wouldn't even be the best goalkeeper in the league this year. Um, so I, I felt there was a certain sense of tokenism about his call up. Um, but from listening to Martin O'Neill last night, I think it's probably fair to say if anyone hasn't caught his post-match comments on, on Graham mm. Burke which have, which have angered a lot of people he, yeah. he seemed to suggest that the game passed by Graham Burke yeah. in the first 15 or 20 minutes despite Burke being probably the only Irish player in the attacking third that actually looked to get on the ball looked yeah. to get the ball forward positively not hoofing the ball but doing the right thing on it uh, I thought he was absolutely superb and as you mentioned he got his goal look it was a tap in but it's great to see him score Go, uh, score a goal, and you would have thought O'Neill would have, you know, been a bit more positive in his post-match analysis. But uh, I think those sort of comments definitely suggest that we can expect to see this not on an all-too-consistent basis in terms of calling up League of Ireland players. So to kind of sum things up, obviously, before we wrap up, and to kind of sell League of Ireland, because like, me, for one, I might maybe go once a month or whatever, but I enjoy the thrill of the use and as of being in the crowd because a lot of us will spend 500 quid, 600 quid every couple of weeks to go over to England and try, but it's literally on your doorstep every week for 15 euro, and regardless of the standard of play, like it, that alone sells it for me. Mm. What is it for you who goes in week in and week out and to try and say to other people, just come out and have a, just enjoy yourself? It's the exact same thing. I mean, I, I'm a League of Ireland nut, but I'm a, a huge football fan in general. I'm like everyone else. I watch the Premiership, La Liga, Bundesliga, and, and I follow Ireland home and away a lot of the time too. And I always hear this thing. The main argument is I don't go to the League of Ireland because it's rubbish. The standard is rubbish. Yet Ireland are able to attract huge yeah. attendances. And watching Martin O'Neill's team would literally make you pull your hair out. Nah. <laughs> in, in all honesty. <laughs> Uh, you're talking about going over to England for games five, six hundred pounds to, to go over and watch a game again I've watched the Premiership all season long and yeah. I thought some of the football was absolutely terrible to watch yeah. whereas I went out on Friday night I, I have a season ticket but if I didn't 10, ten euro in at the gate to, to watch Longford and Galway United five goals right cards controversial decisions yeah. and an absolutely fantastic atmosphere as well. I think and you're live something. in the ground hearing all the noises as well <laughs> you can't beat it I, I think that's something though that isn't promoted enough yeah. in terms of the atmosphere at the game just as simple as that it, there's such a, relatively small attendances compared to what you, you see in England etc but in terms of the atmosphere they match that easily like I'm watching a lot of games like, particularly the likes of Arsenal there you're, you're watching a full <laughs> a beautiful stadium and you'd hear a pin drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in terms of League of Ireland football, the atmosphere is certainly well above what it should be. And I think that's something that, that the FBI needs to promote more in the clubs themselves. Yeah. yeah. Okay, listen, we're just going to finish it up now, uh, Caron. Uh, between the stripes, tell us just a little bit. We'll give you about a minute because we're, we're starting to get tired. We're talking a long time, <laughs> which is great. Uh, give us a minute on, uh, I suppose, between the stripes, how it started and uh, where you are at now. The podcast, yeah, so, um, sorry. I, I set up between the stripes uh, back in 2016 and I was actually out of frustration with my own club Longford uh, as I said earlier in the show there was just uh, very very little online presence so I decided that I was going to change that and, and set this up as a dedicated Longford Town site but in recent years we've actually moved away and we're actually now just covering the League of Ireland in general with uh, obviously a hint of Longford thrown in um, we've launched the podcast out of that and I'd love your listeners to check it out between mm-hmm. the stripes LOI podcast you'll find us on iTunes and all other platforms and, and that's a weekly League of Ireland show that goes out every Wednesday night with top class guests from across the league and it's been a huge success at the moment we're ranked 17th uh, on the iTunes sports department um, we're the highest ranked League of Ireland podcast and 
there's been a huge increase in League of Ireland podcasters this season. There's, there's probably seven or eight of them out there, and some of them are from the likes of Air Sport and RTE. So for us mm. to be competing with them, it's it's fantastic, and I think it probably speaks to our passion for the league. Yeah, I've listened to a couple of the podcasts now, and uh, exactly what you're saying. There's there's quality in it, and uh, it's very interesting. And, and uh, the information, exactly what we've got from you today, has uh, is excellent. So listen, have a listen to uh, between the stripes, and uh, always have a listen to a big kickoff first. Just <laughs> <laughs> for anyone looking, you'll find uh, our podcast and our website on www.betweenthestripes.ie. Nice and easy to remember. And as I said, you can access the podcast through that. So Brilliant. thanks for having me, Roy. Kira, and, uh, no. Great show you guys have going there, and it's great to see another outlet promoting the League of Ireland. No problem. Listen, Kieran, no doubt we'll be back on to yeah. you again sometime soon in the near future. Uh, thanks very much for your time. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks, lads. Cheers. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye bye.